Hello, everyone. This is Joseph Long, and this is a special edition of This is the Long Version. Stories and musings about 21st century parenting, education, and organizing the creative process. I know if I don't address this right away, then I'm going to have all kinds of comments coming in because that's what happened. So let me just say the reason that I was laughing when I said this is a special edition of This is the Long Version is because I like to treat uh, every episode as special. And Okay, it's been a while since I've done an episode, and I'm going to talk about that just for a very few minutes, but before I say that, I want to say something else, and that something else is I got off the phone a little while ago with one of my favorite people who shall remain anonymous. Not impossible to figure out who it might be, uh, for those of you that know me, but I will let this person remain anonymous. I had a conversation with him on the telephone, and it was not a great conversation. Everything is not perfect. Everything is not wonderful. Um, But we had a good, mediocre, necessary conversation, and it made me even more grateful for him, because there's this whole idea that everybody has one good story in them, or maybe one good book in them. I believe that everybody has at least one good conversation in them. So if you sort of extrapolate that out, then you can... It's easy to believe that you could have a great, I believe that you could have a great, I could have a great conversation with virtually every other person in the world. But the truly great people in your life, you can have meaningless conversations with or poor, bad, rotten conversations with repeatedly. And some things really are about frequency and about the just how prolific they may be. And this particular person and I have had many great conversations, but what really defines our relationship is not so much the great conversations, although those are important, it's the meaningless, short, prolific conversations that uh, sometimes are direct and uh, are about solving world problems and things of import. And oftentimes are meandering and taking roundabout commentaries and dealing with more personal kinds of things. They just cover a lot of ground. And sometimes they don't really mean anything in an in and of themselves. And many of those conversations and dialogues are are forgotten. Well, actually I don't forget very many of them because some people are really good at remembering numbers or, um, you know, Bible verses or Hollywood people or stuff like that. I'm, I'm good at remembering conversations. So I actually do remember a lot of conversations that I've had fairly well. Um, in light of everything going on, it's been a few months since my last podcast, and It's not that doing this is extraordinarily difficult. Sometimes it's really hard to start something. And sometimes it's even harder to keep something going. And my intent with this has been to create a method, a way for me to quickly, easily jump in, jump out, bang out a podcast, and and be done. Because... I don't lack for things that I'd like to share for stories and ideas and little snippets of things that I've thought about or written. I don't lack for that. And 
I have kind of failed so far, so far, that's the caveat, so far, at creating an easy way for me to just jump in and do an episode. But I would also like to say that one of the things that I I have tried to develop a certain aptitude for is just simply doing something. I am the oldest of seven children, so I feel like I've had a lot of practice at being, oftentimes being the first to do something growing up, but then seeing whatever accomplishments I, or achievements I made, uh, quickly and steadily become become uh, relegated to second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh place quickly. And I've been very proud of my siblings in many, many different areas to just see the ways in which they've surpassed me in so many ways. So sometimes somebody gets somewhere first, and then usually it's not the first person who ends up being the best person at something. And I am very familiar with that whole idea of having people coming up behind you getting a lot better than you at different things. In fact, uh, the anonymous person that I was talking to on the telephone a short while ago was somebody who began beating me at basketball when he was uh, 11 years old. And I was, let's see, that would have put me about 22. When I say he was 11, I'm he was probably younger than that. But it was an embarrassing age to be beaten by somebody that much younger than yourself at. And he's surpassed me in many, many ways at many, many things. And I've had many, many people surpass me in many, many ways at many, many things. And you kind of have to come to a place in in your life where you your mindset is that you choose to not only accept that, but I think if you're a parent and or a teacher or anybody in a mentoring capacity or in a capacity where you're trying to share knowledge or pass knowledge or experience along, then you have to be able to to give up a chunk of your ego. And it's especially difficult for me because I am an artist as well. And to be an artist, I think you have to have a certain degree of of arrogance. Um, or selfishness, a, a certain amount of it, to be able to believe that what you bring into the world has merit, that it has value. And to make something, to, to create something, is often, very, is often difficult to quantify um, if you're not inventing a tangible, functional piece of machinery or technology that can benefit the world or you're not... Um, saving someone's life with your skills at uh, dissecting a, a human heart and replacing it with a with a whale one. I, I don't know. That's probably not possible now that I think about it. Anyway, if you're an artist, then you sort of, I think, feel free to challenge me on this if you disagree, but I think you have to have a certain amount of of selfishness or arrogance that you're bringing something beautiful into the world that matters. But I also believe that as a teacher and a parent, then especially, then you need to have a certain amount of humility and willingness to let go of your ego and realize that you are duty-bound 
I believe, to pass along everything good that you know, the very best of what you know, and to not hold back for fear that there will be people passing you up. If you're doing your job well, then yes, those you teach and those you work with, those you pass along your skills and knowledge and character to, they will, they should become better. It's a tough pill sometimes, but I, I'm trying really hard, and I, I have tried hard to to not only accept that in myself, but to perpetuate that idea and to really work, and this is this is really hard, what I'm about to say, to really work at being happy for other people's success, for finding joy when other people not only surpass me in different areas, but to really work at creating a and myself a genuine feeling of joy that they have found success and achievement and joy in, in that field. Um, so what what do I do when I feel like I'm failing at something like this, for example? I mean, there's a lilt in my voice, and I'm kind of chuckling. But it is actually hard to know that I've gone a couple months without doing a simple, tiny little episode. In some ways, to try to keep something going or to get something going again after you've been kind of let it slide is even harder than starting fresh. When you start fresh, then you can just kind of clear the slate and, you know, it's a new calendar year, it's a new, uh, you know, fresh fresh canvas, whatever analogy you want to use, you can just kind of take upon yourself the feeling that you're starting fresh, you're starting clean. But to try to pick up where you have been, and that's that's tough. But you know what? I'd like to think I'm I'd like to think I'm tough in in small little ways. Um, so I'm going to jump right back in. I mean, I'm going to, I don't know that I'll do this well. I'm not, I'm going to not try and pick up where any of my last episodes were. Um, I'm going to make this nice and easy. It's not going to be about politics or anything uh, too heavy right now. Um, I am going to jump in to this episode with an, an anthology of thoughts off my blog, verylongchronicles.com, that I simply call Micro Musings. I hope you enjoy these. Thank you for being here again, or for the first time. Micro Musings. These are musings or thoughts that are tiny. They don't necessarily have a finished place. They're sort of like uh, tweets from Elon Musk. They're simply ideas of what could be, or things that perhaps should be thought about, or maybe sometimes ones that should just stay in my head. But uh, anyway, here we go. I bet if you lived in medieval times and your beloved child grew up to be a hang person or I'm going to, for the sake of this particular musing, simply say hangman. If your beloved child grew up to become a hangman, who had to wear a black cloth over his head to stay anonymous, then it would be, like, totally hard to not yell as your boy was leading people to the gallows. That's my boy! Way to go, Tom! But then it could be super embarrassing if everyone thought you were talking about the guy who was getting hung instead of the guy doing the hanging. 
Also, if I was a parent during this time period, I would encourage them to go into another career. But, you know, kids do their own thing and you just choose to be proud no matter what, right? A fun thing to do that would also be very helpful might be to carry a tape measure with you every time you went to someone's house, and then to measure the diameter of their toilet seat. Those things are supposed to be standard size, but if they're not, wouldn't you want to know? I think that drivers who swerve in and out of lanes without using their blinkers and end up causing a crash should not necessarily receive the death penalty, but I wouldn't necessarily argue completely against some light torture, but I also wouldn't argue for it. I would just pretend I had no idea how to drive. And speaking of driving, everyone seems to think that all the highways with 55 mile per hour speed limits should be changed to 56 miles per hour. Personally, I'm fine either way. People appreciate the truth, which is why it's important to share the truth with everyone in the theater. When you notice something that's not truthful, like when you're watching a movie for the second time and you know the heroine shouldn't be trusting this one guy early on and you know he's not being truthful, so you let everyone know the truth. And sometimes doing the right thing is as easy as saying, hey, that character isn't being truthful. He's actually the main villain and good thing he dies in the end. That's truth. And people might be angry and also someday they will still never thank you for it. But expressing gratitude is a whole different topic. If you're on a tight budget and looking for a surefire way to aggressively invest your money in something safe with a giant payoff, then don't hang up on telemarketers anymore, because you can't have it both ways. Maybe you just hung up on your future. It's so frustrating when people bring their giant pet venomous snake to your house for an overnight stay and they get mad when you ask if she can play with your goats. Huh? They gotta learn to play together sometime. I personally feel that urinals are more appropriate in bathrooms than in kitchens. Some days I feel so old-fashioned. A lot of people think that the Christmas season should start at the beginning of August, but personally I think that's at least a couple weeks too early, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to take away from anyone's enjoyment of watching a good, romantic, naked romp in a swords and sandals epic film, but remember that most of them didn't have toothbrushes or take baths or floss. There's a big push these days to use something different than handicapped, which is why you hear me saying handy had it. If you don't like public libraries, then I hate you. I know that's a strong word to use, but I couldn't think of anything stronger. I'll go ask a librarian if there's a better one to use instead. They are super good at helping, at helping people figure out the right words to use. They're good at helping people figure out pretty much everything. People always think that rainbows are stupid, but personally, I think they're kind of pretty, especially if you're not colorblind, which I am. I know we're supposed to accept people the way they are, but personally, I think horses would be way cooler if they had, like, a sharp horn or something on their head. Many young children are scared of the dark, and sometimes it can be helpful to remind them that there's nothing to be scared of, as long as there's no giant hairy monsters with horns outside the window waiting for the right opportunity to attack, which is fairly improbable but not impossible, given the work being done in cross-species gene manipulation. And this is a great intro into talking about statistics and probability, which a lot of kids seem to find helpful in talking about before bedtime. Also, I'm writing a collection of fairy tales if anybody's interested in purchasing for their children. 
I was thinking of inventing a reversible plate that you only have to wash half as many times. But then people would expect me to do the same thing with bowls, and that would super stress me out, because that's like the holy grail of reversible dishes. If you're on a really tight budget, then one idea that sometimes works is to buy a house on top of a mountain and then spend a couple years carefully cultivating a strong relationship with a neighbor who has a flatbed truck and ramp. And when the moment seems right... You ask her if she'd be willing to load your car up every evening on the way up the mountain so you don't have to pay for gas. And then the next morning you coast down in neutral and then voila, evening rolls around and you're all set and your gas bill is way better. Cycle continues. Tip. Have your neighbor sign a contract committing to the plan for at least seven years. Win-win. You save money and she has a good friend for life. Or seven years. It's so hard to believe I've never written a poem about how drapes are the eyelids of our homes. It's also really sad to think of all the stories and books that could have been written if we had invented another letter of the alphabet. Everyone thinks that mugs should have two handles, but personally I think one is sufficient most of the time. I have to agree with everyone. Ostriches really are the tubas of the bird world. I bet whoever invented the monocle is like a patron saint in the elderly cyclops community. A lot of people think it would be cool to have transparent pipes that ran along the interior walls so you could see the beauty of modern plumbing in action, but to be honest, I partially disagree. If you're on a tight budget, one thing you can do is every time you visit someone's house, ask if you can have a drawer pull or doorknob as long as they're made from metal. Eventually you'll have enough to sell to the scrapyard and every penny counts, especially if you have a billion of them. Plus, it'll get you out socializing a little more. If you successfully assembled an IKEA product all by yourself, then yes, that is an accomplishment, and you should absolutely go eat two bowls of Ten Roof Sunday ice cream all by yourself. I saw a cloud skip past today. It looked familiar. On closer examination, I realized it is one I waved to 31 years ago, when I was 11. Hello again, old friend. Sometimes I like to pretend that flagpoles are basically just tall metal poles that hold a piece of fabric at the top. My life would possibly have 1.2... Let's see, let me check my numbers again. My life would possibly have 1.25% more joy in it if I could simply have six really good cups of coffee guaranteed to me every single day, each accompanied by 20 minutes of reading, vibrant conversation, or staring out into a beautiful snowstorm. That's it. If you're on a tight budget and tend to get injured frequently, you might be tempted to save money by using duct tape and toilet paper on abrasions instead of band-aids. Instead of doing that, I would suggest making more money and just buying the band-aids. When you're wrangling goats, try not to dive for them when you're around barbed wire, because even though people think tetanus is like the funniest thing to joke about, it's not. If you're ever out in a blizzard and about to die, then remember... You should not have gone out on the blizzard. Bobcats typically do not attack humans, but if you are attacked, slowly pull out the garden hose and water supply that you should have with you at all times on the chance you might ever be attacked and spray it with water. The more water you keep in your water backpack, the safer you'll be. It's really hard for me to fully connect with anyone who doesn't get food all over themselves when they eat tacos. 
If you're on a tight budget and considering selling a body organ to raise some extra money, the most important thing to remember is that you don't know for sure who it's going to go to. If you're vegetarian but have always wondered what goat meat tastes like, the answer is, I don't know. Also, if you're on a tight budget and thinking of selling your goats, then don't. If you clean three or more toilets without gloves, it is usually a good idea, when possible, to wash your hands before preparing food for a group of ten or more. If somebody randomly walks up to you at some point and offers to not only give you a snowplow, but to install it on the front of your vehicle for free, then don't overthink it. Free snowplows don't come along every day. If you're on a tight budget and think it would be cheaper to amputate a foot so you could start buying just one sock at a time, then good for you for thinking creatively. You never know if something is a good idea until you try it. If your child asks if they can have ice cream before bedtime and you don't want them to, a good compromise is to tell them that one of you will be eating ice cream after they go to bed, and that way they can practice being happy when good things happen to other people, which is a valuable lesson to learn, and way better than a big bowl of ice cream like the one you're going to have. So the reality is that the kid wins that round, but at least you have ice cream. Pretty much everyone thinks that people go into goat farming to become rich, and I honestly don't know how to answer that question because there's no easy answer, except that it's mostly true. A lot of people think that doorknobs would be way easier to use if they were rectangular, but personally I think they already work fine half the time, which is a good percentage for a lot of things like batting percentage or airplane piloting. If you're on a tight budget and thinking of selling one of your airplanes to get some cash, then yes, that is one option. You could also pick up some hours working graveyard at Taco Bell, and that way you could still fly your planes during the day. A lot of people seem to think that people buy goats as a status symbol to signify that they're really, really successful at life, and I guess it's true, I am. Most people always say that you should have kids because of the tax credit, but there's other reasons too, like... For example, if you have goats, kids can babysit them and make sure they're not eating dandelions, which can be poisonous to goats, but hopefully not to children. If you had to carefully think long and hard and choose between stepping on a bunch of marbles during the night or stepping on a bunch of Lego pieces during the night, then you're fortunate to have all that extra time to think about things like that. Last week, I woke up one morning and thought about switching over to tea. When I stopped chuckling at this visual, I filled up my five-gallon coffee mug with coffee. If you're riding your bicycle naked and it's super foggy out, then be really careful. If you ever get concerned about all the molehills running rampant in your yard, then just stop, take a deep breath, and think about all the chemicals in the air that you probably just inhaled. Those are probably a bigger deal than molehills. Sometimes I think the worst thing in the world is watching golf on TV, but then I remember there's also televised bowling. Once, I was going to eat a banana, but then I didn't. Yesterday, I was thinking about writing a nihilism for kids book, but I just don't think there would be any point. This is crazy, but I'm actually way more into fog than wind. In my book, Dr. Seuss is the greatest architect of the 20th century. Sometimes, I almost feel like granola is 
like the trail mix of cereals. I bet some super clever person is going to make a t-shirt someday that says, I have irritable vowel syndrome, and they'll be super excited to wear it to their Tuesday night writing class. Also, I wonder how many high-rise window washers suffer from irritable bowel syndrome, and it's a disturbing thought. It's depressing to think how I'll never be as good at riding motorcycles as Keanu Reeves. Also, I don't have a motorcycle. Everybody thinks submarines are so dumb, but to me, they're honestly like the spaceships of the ocean. I know that war is, like, totally bad, I guess, but it seems like there could be worse things, like, what if zebras started losing one of their colors? To me, it almost seems like pitchforks are like the giant forks of farm equipment, so it's interesting that they actually have the word fork as part of their name, which is the part people usually miss. Pitchfork. Yes, forks and pitchforks are, in fact, related, and neither are allowed inside maximum security prisons, according to the films I've seen. Nothing is funnier than an adorable little infant throwing up all over their grandfather's face. Sometimes I almost feel like automatic windows are like the escalators of an automobile. They make life a tiny bit easier, but aren't entirely necessary. If you ever find yourself in the position of having to choose between going to a concert with 300 banjos playing Christmas music or 300 tubas playing Christmas music, then most of the time you should go for the latter. Sometimes I almost feel as if circles are the atoms of geometric shapes. And I also wonder next if our lives would be way different if wheels were made of a shape other than an oval. At some point, things have to evolve. Nothing makes me happier than throwing bags of frozen broccoli 20 feet down a Costco aisle for my daughter to catch. Honestly, to me, it makes sense that a sock only has one hole. Everybody thinks that frozen peas are so bad, but to me, honestly, they remind me of regular peas that are really cold. Sometimes I almost feel like some humans are better at conveying their emotions than super intelligent robots. There's really few things worse than hiking in the forest and stepping in deer poop and then realizing it's actually dog poop and then realizing it's actually human poop and then realizing that there's neo-Nazis chasing you and there's nowhere to go but a giant cliff behind you. That's the worst. It's depressing to me to realize I'll probably never be considered famous as a well-known sock designer. Also, it depresses me a little sometimes to think I might not live to see the next century. A lot of people think that if you run out of toilet paper that it's okay to use aluminum foil, but I don't totally agree. This is the last thought that I have, so we'll close out with this. It would be kind of sad if you were a dictator, like, not a totally bad dictator, but a pretty authoritarian one, and you were playing a prank on someone you didn't totally care for and having them blindfolded and put in front of a firing squad, but then you'd yell at the last minute to cancel their pretend execution, but then... Someone came running up and told you there was a bad oil spill, and you didn't hear them the first time, so you asked them to repeat it, and they did, and then you said loudly to clarify, fire? And then, of course, that whole prank could get a little out of hand, and it would be kind of sad. These things happen sometimes when you're the leader, though. 
So we're going to go ahead and close out this episode, uh, the micro musings episode. Uh, please let me know if you'd like to for me to get back on track with some other stuff or, you know, if you'd like more musings of the micro variety in the future. I've, I, I, I've got a backlog, an archive like you wouldn't believe. Anyway, thank you for being here if you've hung in all the way through this, and I hope you're doing great. If you are trying to get something start it up again, then please, in the smallest possible way, let me be some sort of inspiration and just say, I understand. Maybe inspiration isn't quite the right word. I know how difficult it is to be doing something and then to try to get back on track with it. But however cliche it may be, sometimes you just got to jump in and do it. Maybe it's not going to be that great. Maybe it's not going to be that good, but sometimes you just got to jump in and do it. That could, that could actually be a, a slogan for something. I don't know if it would work. Just just do it. Sometimes you got to just do it. Sometimes you got to just do it. All right. Thanks again for listening. I will chat with you soon. Until next time, Joseph out. <laughs> <laughs>